Welcome to Working the Word with Jonathan Force. Join us now for a service already in progress at Lakewood Church of God. Okay, Romans chapter 12, verses 9 through 21 uh, is uh, what we're going to be uh, talking about here today. Family Secrets for Success. Romans chapter 12, verses 9 through 21. Let love be without dissimulation, abhor that which is evil, cleave to that which is good. Be kindly affectioned one to another with brotherly love and honor preferring one another. Not slothful in business, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing instant in prayer. Distributing to the necessity of saints, given to hospitality. Bless them which persecute you, bless and curse not. Rejoice with them that do rejoice, and weep with them that weep. Be of the same mind one toward another. Mind not high things, but condescend to men of low estate. Be not wise in your own conceits. Recompense to no man evil for evil. Provide things honest in the sight of all men. If it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath. For it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord." Therefore, if thine enemy hunger, feed him. If he thirst, give him drink. For in so doing, thou shalt heap coals of fire on his head. Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. The scripture in this passage, and I wanted to read it in context today, but the scripture in this passage we're going to be paying attention to today is verse number 12. In the Amplified, it says this. It says, Rejoice and exalt in hope. Be steadfast and patient in suffering and tribulation and be constant or consistent in prayer. Father, we come to you right now in the name of Jesus. We thank you that we can gather together around your word today and learn your word. Holy Spirit, teach through me that I may be able to effectively communicate your word. Touch the ears the hears to hear, their heart to receive. May their understanding be enlightened and may they be captivated by your word today. We give you praise in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Turn around and tell a couple of people before you sit down, we're going to have some fun the next couple of minutes. Come on, tell them. We're going to learn the Word. We're going to learn the Word. <laughs> I realize that we've had... I realize that we've had about 20 or 30 minutes of preliminaries that we normally do not have today, so I'll try to be a little bit briefer than usual uh, in the message. But you know what happens when the Holy Ghost gets to move and He jacks us up sometimes, and so here we go. I want to talk to you today, and we're in our series on Focus on the Family through the Summer. I want to talk to you today about family secrets for family success. Have you ever met someone who calls themselves a Christian but just looks and acts miserable. It's almost like, praise the Lord. You want to go to church? <laughs> Makes no sense, does it? Makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. They look like they've been baptized in lemon juice. To, to get a smile out of them, you have to stand them on their head in a corner. I mean, because their frown is so large, you get a great big smile, just, just stand them on their head. Well, first of all, just let me say this, okay? Uh, many times we don't know what people have been through. We don't understand why they're the way that they are and, and, and how come they have the attitudes and, and the demeanor that they have. 
Sometimes people say, well, pastor, you don't know what I've been through. Here's what I have learned and am still learning, and I'm constantly a student and constantly learning. But I've learned that there comes times in your, sometimes you're hit with things in your life where you have to say, wow, that hurt. But instead of focusing on the pain, I mean, try to heal from it. But instead of focusing on it, you just have to learn how to work with what's left. Hello. Got to learn to work with what's left. In the process of that, we have to learn to focus on what's good. And let me say this with all the love that I can, but say it forcefully. Cut the complainers and the critical people out of your life. Get them out of your life. You don't need them there. I mean, who wants to be around people that are negative all the time, who are all the time looking at the glass half empty instead of half full? And then there are other people who are Christians who are just the opposite. They're not sad all the time and they don't look like they've been baptized in lemon juice and they're not always looking like they're going through things. No. Now sometimes there are Christians who are just the opposite and opposite, and they're full of joy and they're full of peace and even though they're experiencing the same challenges that other people ex will experience, they still have that joy and they still have that peace inside of them. I think that they have learned how to turn things over to the Lord. I think they've learned how to embrace joy. Now, we're going to talk about joy here in just a, a few moments, but I think that they have learned, according to verse 12, to rejoice in hope, how to be patient in tribulation, and how to continue instant in prayer. Those three things in Romans chapter 12 and in verse number 12 is one of the secrets to family success. You've got to learn how to rejoice in hope, it doesn't say rejoice with hope. It says to rejoice in hope. Number two, we have to learn how to be patient in tribulation. And number three, we have to understand what it means to be consistent in prayer. So let's talk about those three things. Number one, a champion's hope is the foundation of our joy is that we should be joyful in hope. Now, joy is not just a feeling. Touch your neighbor and say, joy is not just a feeling. Joy is not a matter of personal temperament. It really isn't. Joy is not a matter of personal temperament. Joy is not a matter of our circumstances or our environment. In fact, we are commanded by God. In Philippians chapter 4 and verse number 4, the Bible said that we are to rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. This wasn't the only time in the book of Philippians that the Apostle Paul told the Philippian church to rejoice. In fact, in another place in Philippians, he told them to rejoice also. For Paul to repeat this three times, and especially two times, in Philippians chapter 4 and verse 4, helps me understand that to rejoice must mean that conditions in Philippi were such that it would seem to that it would seem that it would be unreasonable to rejoice. I mean, Paul was telling him, you need to rejoice. You need to rejoice. You need to rejoice. Oh, but you don't understand what we're going through. Rejoice. You, you've never walked down the road that we were. Rejoice. You've got to learn how to rejoice. So I think what Paul was saying was in spite of our circumstances, in spite of being annoyed, in spite of disagreement, in, in spite of bad news, in spite of persecution, rejoice. 
Peter also addressed this subject in 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse number 13. He said, Rejoice inasmuch as ye are partakers of Christ's sufferings, that when His glory shall be revealed, ye may be glad also with exceeding joy. So what he was saying right there was rejoice in the midst of your suffering. Rejoice in the midst of your suffering. If we want to live an overcoming life, then we can't let the circumstances rob us of our joy. Joy is not temperament. Joy is not the result of our circumstances. Joy is not just an activity. Joy is our hope. True joy is is not bound by our circumstances. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse number 34 teaches us that. Now, I want you to understand something here, and this is on your little handout that I, that I filled out for you guys, okay? Heaviness, trials, tribulation, battles, all those things are temporary. They're just seasonal. They're just seasonal. They're just temporary, and they're seasonal. 1 Peter 1, 6 through 7 says this. It says, Wherein ye greatly rejoice, though now for a season. This was Peter writing to the Christians in, in Asia Minor in the Macedonian church. He said, Wherein ye greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, you are in heaviness through manifold temptations. So he says, You're rejoicing right now for a season, but there comes times when you're in heaviness through manifold temptation that the trial of your faith, this is the purpose of it, that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. So what Peter was telling the church in Macedonia and the churches in Asia Minor there was in the midst of the trial of your faith, continue to praise Him. In the midst of trouble and in the midst of tribulation, continue to praise Him. The key to joy is hope. I said the key to joy is hope. You say, well, how can I have joy in my life? you got to start trusting God and believing God for certain things. And when you start getting the blueprint, because I've, I've taught you many times in the circle of faith that Hope is the blueprint of the soul. The soul is the seat of the mind and the will and the emotions. And so hope is the blueprint of what you're believing God for. Now, let me put it like this, okay, to help us understand this. Uh, I, I've, I've got a, I've got a, have, I have a grandbaby coming. Whoo. I told him, I said, I have to let the church know because I've got to preach on this kid. I preach on everybody in my family. I have to preach on this kid. You know what I was doing yesterday? I was embracing that baby. You know how I was doing it? Donna took that picture I showed you. She put it in a frame. I was carrying that frame around in one hand, and I had a bag of Oreos in the other. Donna said, what are you doing? I said, I'm talking to my grandbaby, telling that grandbaby, gee, daddy, going to teach you how to eat Oreos right, baby. <laughs> Thinking about, you know, the circumstances that surrounded could rob us of our joy. And they did for a few days, didn't they, Dr. John? Because you helped us through that. Thank you. And Irma. And and my elders. And, but the circumstances around it was very difficult. But when you start envisioning, Amen. bouncing that little thing on your knee, there's the hope. 
that brings the joy. There's a hope that brings the joy. Okay, now, you're believing God for a nice new home. You want to be, it's your dream home. You've worked about half of your life. You didn't work all your life or you'd be dead, but you've been working. You worked half of your life to get here. You have the blueprint. Okay, you're looking at that blueprint, and all that is is a piece of paper with a bunch of ink on it. But in your mind, you're seeing yourself inside of that house. You're seeing yourself spending time with your family. You're seeing yourself in the kitchen eating what mama cooked. I mean, you, you, you know, or whatever. I mean, you might have cooked it yourself. But anyway, <laughs> you understand what I'm saying. That's the vision. That's the hope. That hope brings joy because you've got a blueprint of what you are believing God for. If, if, if we need joy, then what we have to do is we have to work on our hope. Don't be trying to get joy by just going after joy. Start believing God for something. Get something out there. If Christians aren't joyful, it's because they have no hope. It's been, why do Christians have joy? Because we have this great hope that one of these days Jesus Christ is going to come and receive us unto Himself and where he, where he is, there we will be. We have a hope in the return of the Lord, in the rapture of the church, in, in the great catching away of the saints. We quote scriptures like this corruptible will put on incorruption and this mortal will put on immortality. 1 Corinthians 15, and then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, oh death where is your sting? Oh grave where is your victory? And we start envisioning spending times with Jesus and that is our hope. That's our hope. Start believing God for your miracle so you don't feel good, so you feel sick, so you got a bad report from the doctor. Listen to what the Word of God says. Embrace what the Word of God says. Start seeing yourself well and start making plans like in three months from now, I'm going to be well. I'm going on vacation and here's where I'm going to go. Or six months from now, I'm going to be well and I couldn't eat steak before, but now I'm going to make reservations down at Burns because we're going to have to have a celebration at Burns Steakhouse. That's hope. That's hope. You are pandering in hope. It's the blueprint and that brings joy. If Christians are sour, it's because they have no hope. It's because they have no hope. Hope is the blueprint of what God, of, of what we're believing God for. If we need peace in our family, bringing it right down to this series now, if we need peace in our family, then we have to start seeing our family as a peaceful family. You know what? <laughs> the atmosphere might be rocking in the living room right now, but in a few weeks there's going to be the peace of God that passes all understanding in this place because I'm going to pray and I'm going to fast and I'm going to drive the devil out of this place and, and I'm going to experience the peace of God and the joy of God in my life and I'm going to do things that, that, is, that uh, will produce peace. And I, you know, I'm going to treat people right. I'm going to say the right things. I'm going to act, and, and that brings peace. And, and so you start envisioning a peaceful family and the blueprint of that peaceful family brings hope. It brings hope. All right. <laughs> Woo. Rejoicing in hope, being patient in tribulation. When we talk patience, builds strength that endures. Why do we need tribulation? Because tribulation worketh patience. And the process that produces endurance in our families is patience. It's tribulation. It produces endurance. Patience means more than simply enduring. It means more than forbearing. To patiently endure uh, involves faith activity. That's on your list. It, it, it involves faith activity, irregardless of the trials that we're faith, facing. This faith activity includes, but is not limited to, doing good. 
We have to do good. We have to stay in the Word. We have to have an active prayer life. Well, what is tribulation? Well, Webster defines tribulation as severe affliction, distresses of life, or vexations of spirit. That's what, that's what Webster's describes. And so what the Bible says here, the Bible says here that we are to be patient when we're in severe affliction. We are to be patient when we are in distress of life. And we are to be patient when there are vexations in our spirit. Paul encourages us to keep pressing on and to keep doing good despite tribulation. So that's what we have to do. So hope helps us actively endure when things get tough. So hope helps us be patient in tribulation because we realize that heaviness and trials are seasonal. They're temporary. Touch your neighbor and say, this too shall pass. Yeah. This too shall pass. Let me give you an example. Wednesday. Pastor Josh, he's been helping me get more healthy. He likes to work out. He fancies himself as a personal physical trainer. I think he's just a professional masochist. <laughs> Panderer of pain. <laughs> so he tells me last week, he says, uh, you know, th these routines that we've been doing here, because, you know, I didn't know a whole lot about bodybuilding or anything. I'm just trying, I told him, I said, I don't want to look like Arnold Schwarzenegger. I just want to get healthy. I want to feel good. I want to have some strength. I want to feel good, you know. And so, um, so we're sitting there. I think it was at dinner last Sunday. And he looks from, and he's all the way on the other end of the table where it's safe. And, <laughs> and he says, uh, I think the routine that we've had you on, I think your body's getting too used to it. You're, you don't, you're not feeling any pain anymore. We're going to change that up tomorrow. <laughs> so I said, okay. And so, you know, I'm thinking, all right, a little pain will do. Well, oh, Monday wasn't too bad. But Wednesday, I did squats for the first time. <laughs> so I'm doing these squats. And I'm not even doing a whole lot. Mike, where are you at? There you are. I saw you. He goes to the gym. So, so I'm looking at these squats and I'm thinking that's like how much how much weight? I said probably not a whole lot. You know I don't know. So he puts like I don't know. It's not a whole lot. Like what forty pounds on each side or something like that? You know. And so I'm doing these squats. You know, thirty of them doing these squats. And then we went over and uh, I think it was forty five pounds on the the weighted uh, what do you call that thing? Okay, so I, so I get, so, you know, working my legs and all this kind of stuff. So I walk from the squats, sit down over there. I do these things. I get up. He said, okay, we're going down here. So we're walking down through here, and all of a sudden I went. <laughs> he turned around, and he said, what was that? I said, Pennsylvania's missing you. Go home. <laughs> So um, he didn't even offer me his hand. I had to get up by myself. So, 
So we went on down and done some other things. And so all through the rest of the day, I'd be walking and, you know, <laughs> like this. And so uh, I thought, well, okay, things will be okay tomorrow. Line <laughs> <laughs> devil, line devil. Oh, man. If you were here Wednesday night, you saw me get off this stage like this. You know. So. <laughs> so Thursday. Oh, my goodness. Dr. John, he was down at, at, we had to meet him at Home Depot to get some things. And he said, I'll just meet you there. So, you know. I, I like to get things done. I run, we, you know, let's get this done. Let's get it over and stuff like that. And, and it's always, you know, I used to tease people, and I'm saying used to as of last week. Uh, <laughs> I would say, come on, you're with me. You're not with Dr. John, you know, and let's go. Let's get this done. So we're walking along there, and Donna's going like this, and I'm behind her going. <laughs> like this. Well, Dr. John's all the way down on the other end of the aisle, and he's just giggling and laughing the whole time, you know. And it just got worse. I mean, Friday, it just got worse. I, now I feel pretty good today, you know, but, um, but it, it just got worse. Well, the, you know, Josh, he's having a good time with this and everything, and he sends me this little, uh, little video type thing on my text with uh, SpongeBob SquarePants, you know, trying to all this, and there's tears coming out and sweat and all this kind of stuff. And, I just told him, I said, I don't know, man. And so this was Friday, um, and, uh, but I told him 3 o'clock. And so I told him, I'm so, I said, I'm so sorry, I can't hardly walk. And he texted me back this statement. Now listen, I'm going to try to remember what it said. But when he texted it to me, I thought, dear God, that will preach. <laughs> and here's what he said. He said, the good news is, as long as you stay consistent, you'll never be as sore as you were again on Wednesday. I thought, dear God, that'll preach. <laughs> My hope is that I can get healthier. My hope is that I can feel better, and, and, and I am. I'm getting healthier. I'm feeling better. I'm starting to feel better, except for Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday <laughs> of this week. But today I feel pretty good. You know, I feel pretty good considering and all of that. And so my hope, that's my hope. And so one of these, you know, one of these days here pretty soon, I'm going to be able to go in there hopefully next Wednesday, do some squats, and it won't be so bad on Thursday and Friday. It might be sore. Quit grinning like that. It's not... <laughs> get you back. Um, but that's my hope. You see? But I have... Now listen to me. This is the point I'm trying to make. But I have to go through some tribulation first. I have to, I have to force my body. I told, I, I told Josh, I said, you do realize I'm 48 and a half years old, don't you? I mean, you're 27. I'm 48 and a half. I, I, I can't... And I found out later that he told Dr. John, he said, I'm a little bit concerned about him. But he wouldn't tell me that. He just, you know. The point I'm trying to make is we gotta, we got to go through some things sometimes so we can achieve a, a, a different level. Hope helps us actively endure when things get tough. Now, the last thing I want to talk to you about today is our prayer life. So when we talk about Hope, And when we talk about tribulation, there's only one thing 
that can really get us through that, and that's active communication with God. A prayer life. How many knows what prayer is? Prayer is communication with God, which means that we talk and we listen, and then we talk again, and then we listen again. And the Bible said that we are to continue constant or consistent in prayer. Constant or consistent in prayer. My first pastor who went to heaven in 1987, D.C. Branham from Neosho, Missouri, pastor of the Bible Holiness Assemblies of God Church down there. I was three years old when I met him, and he became like a grandfather to me. Way back then, he had a church of about 700. And that was a, you know, when the, when the college was in and everything, and that was a mega church way back then. But he used to make this statement quite frequently. He would say, let us contend for continuous revival. That's on your sheet. Let us contend for continuous revival. And what he meant by that, because he would talk to me about that. You know, I mean, he was my pastor until I was 17 years old. He went home to be with the Lord, but... He would talk to us about that. He would talk about contending in prayer, contending through fasting, trusting God and believing God and going after God and making a difference in, in, in our community. Well, the blueprint for revival is hope. Now, I can see. Now, let me put it like this. I realize we have to pray. I realize we have to fast. But when I see Pasco County, I see a county of revival. When I see Hernando, when I see Pinellas, when I see, see Hillsborough County, I see counties where the revival will spill over into their county. I see that. What is the, the hope that we have? Why are we so involved in our community? Why do we work so hard? Why am I on so many boards? Why am I so involved in, in the community? Why is this church so involved and so vi visible in this community? Here's the reason. We were telling somebody this uh, actually in Spring Hill on Thursday in a meeting that we had. We're, we're setting up a VPK here at the church, voluntary pre-kindergarten. And so we were talking to them. And I told them, I said, this church, Lakewood Church of God, wants to influence our culture for Jesus Christ. That's why we're involved. Because we love God and we love the lost and we love our community and we want to see God move and we want to see a revival and we want to see the move of God. I have a hope. I can see it. I can see it. Listen, we just bought this property three or four weeks ago next door. I can see the six to 800 seat sanctuary. I can see it. I see it in my sleep. I see it when I'm awake. It's not down on 54 in Trinity where everybody else wants to go. It's not down there. It's not way over on the other side of the Sun Coast where other people have told me, well, you need to become a commuter church. You need to move out by the Sun Coast. No, no, I see it right there. I see it right there, right here in Hudson. I see it. It becomes my hope. And, be, and, and I, I realize there'll be challenges and, and sometimes we'll have to work our way through to get to it. But, but let me tell you something. You can get through anything when you pray. Amen. I said you can get through anything when you pray. And what's happened to the church over, and not just this church, but I'm talking about church, the church around the world is the church has quit praying. Now, let me say this. Now, we have a television in our home. We have computers. We have the Internet. We have social media. We're involved in all of those kinds of things. But the enemy has got us so busy with those types of things that we are neglecting to get on our knees and pray. And act. We're in an instant society. We're trying to practice microwave religion. It doesn't happen that way. It doesn't happen that way. When we call a prayer meeting at 8 o'clock on Sunday morning or 6.30 on Wednesday night or 6 o'clock on Wednesday night and only three or four people out of 250 or three people show up, there's a problem. 
there's a problem. we got to learn how to pray. we got to get back on our knees. We've got to get in the presence of God again. Here's what the Bible says. The Bible says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 16 through 18, Rejoice evermore. Verse 17, Pray without ceasing. And in verse 18, And everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. It's God's will for us to rejoice. It's God's will. I just read it to you. It's the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. It's God's will for us to pray. And it's God's will for us to give thanks. So look at your neighbor and say, Rejoice, Rejoice. Pray, pray, and give thanks. That's God's will for you. Pastor, I'm just trying to figure out what God's will is for my life. Rejoice, pray, and give thanks. That is the foundation of everything you're going to need. That's the foundation of everything you can, that, that you're, you know, if you want to find out what God wants you to do, start there. Start there. Rejoice. Lord, I thank you that I'm saved. Lord, I thank you that I'm a son of God, that I'm an heir of God, that I'm a joint heir with Jesus Christ. And begin to pray, which is communication with God. When it says pray without ceasing, that doesn't mean stay on your needs and pray all the time. It means to stay connected. To stay connected. So if he whispers your name, you can identify it. So if he's trying to get something across to you, he hasn't, doesn't have to hit you across the head with a 15-pound sledgehammer to get your attention. You know, we got to pray without ceasing. That means that we have to stay connected to God. And then in the process of all of this, we have to learn to give thanks. Okay, that's my lesson for you today. Let's all stand. Thank you for joining us today on Working the Word. For more information, go to our website at www.suncoast4, and that's the number 4, Jesus.tv. You may also write us at 12637 Pony Lane, Hudson, Florida, 34669. Or you may call us at 727-856-1770. Our office hours are Monday through Wednesday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. and Thursdays, 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. Remember, the Word will work if you work the Word.